0: Welcome to Swimming with Sharks, the podcast about NFL being played on draftings. We try to help some of you average joes win some money against the pros. Uh, if you're wondering why Mike's not doing this, he is not here this week. So I am here, Eric Robertson, joined by my good friend Nick.
1: That's right, baby, in the house. Uh, Split six, Nick's in the house
0: <laughs> from Split Six. <laughs> for those who don't know, Mike's the one, or Nick is the one that produces this podcast normally for Mike and I.
1: And, and, and by produce, I think you mean just post I don't really do anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, you messed with the intro music a little bit for us and stuff, but
0: <laughs> yeah, mostly. And here he is filling out, though. This is probably the most helpful thing you've done, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, uh, I figured rather than you guys listening to me talk to myself about all of these dames,
1: it'd be better to have someone on here with me. Yes, though I am not as much as a Draft Kings or DFS expert as these other two, I do have strong and bold opinions on players, and I'm here to swim through these rough waters and swim right over these sharks.
0: Bold calls is one thing I would definitely say you have, Nick. (laughs) Um, Just so everyone knows, it's not like Nick doesn't play fantasy football of any sort. Um, I do. I do play a lot. Started playing fantasy football. I think the same time I did, mm-hmm. way way back in high school. Uh, back in two thousand uh, playing seasonal. And uh, hasn't quite made the transition that uh, me and Mike have in the DFS, but hopefully we can get them there eventually.
1: You know, I'm I am starting to play it every week, but you know, every, even like I just don't like gambling that much, it, and it's probably because I've never hit big. So that's if once I if I have like one lineup that hits like for like a hundred dollars on a DraftKings. Oh, you know I'm going to be wrapped up and obsessed with that. But I haven't even, even at the casino playing like slot machines or table games, I've lost money every time, just like with fantasy, daily fantasy.
0: I'll be honest. It's probably gotten to, like, I'm completely addicted to DraftKings. Like, it's really bad at this point. Like, it's not like I'm like risking my house or anything on the line or playing like some amount of money that like I couldn't afford to lose. But like, I basically have to play some form of draft games for every single sporting event that I know I'm going to watch. Yeah,
1: do you um do you give out the gamblers anonymous tip line or hotline during these podcasts? Because you might want to.
0: I do not. <laughs> um, we do talk about like being smart about how much you're playing every week, especially mm. in NFL. Because, I mean, random stuff happens. Like Calvin Ridley scores three touchdowns, which good thing we mentioned him on the pod. I
1: called it. Good job. But uh, guys.
0: sometimes those calls don't work. And uh, that's just how the NFL is. Uh, Real quick, before we miss it, I did just want to mention, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, it's at SWSDFS. If you go on there, we're going to start getting a little bit more active as far as maybe posting some lineups right after lock, so you can kind of see the exact lineups that we're playing, uh, see if listening to this and your research got you in the same spot. Hopefully it does, because so far this year, me and Mike have been absolutely killing NFL We've uh, cash games, which is your 50-50s and double-ups. We've hit every single week on those. Still waiting on the big tournament win. Uh, I had a little bit of a sweat last night playing the one-game showdown, which we don't cover in this because we only cover the Sunday main slates. But actually, uh, I was in a GPP. It was about 4,800 people. Came in 44th, so still a good finish. Brought back seven times my entry fee into it. But there was definitely a few moments there where I thought I had a shot at the big one.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say, if you guys are listening to this and you're hearing the amount of money they're making, well, not not necessarily the amount they're making, but the consistency with it, tell your friends, tell everyone you know, because this is... I mean, we'll see how the season plays out, but I'd be willing to say that they're probably going to end up positive, so it's just free money you can gain by listening to a podcast.
0: Yeah, and there's some sites where you can track it. Um, Main reason that this podcast has kind of focused on golf and football is... It's by far been our most profitable sports. Um, mm-hmm. They're probably the two sports I'm the most interested in. And there's probably a lot of relation between that and it being the most profitable because, like, I play baseball all the time, DFS. I yeah. can't watch baseball. No, me neither. Like, it's terrible. I do all of my research literally just off numbers and researching online, and I'll set my lineup and I won't watch baseball the entire night. I'll just go about my night, like, checking my phone to see how my lineup's doing.
1: Yeah. um, If you've ever listened to uh, the sponsor podcast of this podcast, you know how I feel about baseball. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, and check it out. If you're listening to this, then you've already found the split six. uh, That's true. Yeah. Feed. So, check out some of Nick's podcasts. His do focus on sports as well as politics and entertainment, so mm-hmm. give you a little bit of variety of entertainment there. Nice
1: and juicy. But
0: what are we going to talk about
1: today, Eric? All
0: right. Well, first I did want to take a quick look back at last week. Um, obviously, as I said, uh, it was another really good week. A uh, big reason for that was being on Calvin Ridley. Um, I did not think he was going to score three touchdowns. Yeah, but, I was
1: going to say, how did you call that? <laughs> no, like
0: he was cheap enough that like if he would have stored like 15 to 20 fantasy points it would have been good so I was thinking you know maybe he gets like seven or eight touches 50 yards and a touchdown yeah and like I would have been totally fine with that and then he just starts going absolutely off and stores three touchdowns and I certainly wasn't going to complain that he far
1: outperformed even my expectations for him so asking for a friend here should Julio Jones owners in standard season-long fantasy be worried by the amount of output from Calvin Ridley, or should they be encouraged by it?
0: No, I actually think it's good for Julio. Okay. Because, I mean, I think it's good for any receiver to just have that other guy who can be the threat. Mm -hmm. Um, You're kind of seeing it with the Patriots right now, that like Grant's the only threat, and like there was plays the Lions were just straight double-teaming him, like two guys jamming him at the line and just... That was their only responsibility. Taking him away from the game. Like, I don't care how good you are. If you have two NFL players jamming you at the line and just not laying you off of it, like, you're not going to be able to produce. So, you need those other guys that can make teams pay for that and therefore stop them from being able to do it. I will say this with Julio, and uh, without going on too much of a rant here, and you probably don't agree with this, but I think he's like the worst really good player I've ever seen.
1: You know, this is exactly what Brian Nyson once said about the show Game of Thrones.
0: No, like, I'll admit, Julio Jones is obviously really good. He's like an athletic freak. I mean, he gets like 1,400 yards every season. It feels like every year he has like that one game where he goes for like, 250 yeah. receiving yards or higher.
1: Right. Just like a
0: 30-point game. But, like, is I get the touchdowns thing. And don't get me wrong. Touchdowns have a lot of randomness to them in the NFL. Like, getting tackled at the 1 is, like, a significantly worse player than going one yard farther into the end zone. Yeah. But at the same time, like, at some point, it's not variance. And, like, a guy's just not good at scoring touchdowns. And I do think part of that goes on the coaching staff with, like, them not using him properly in the red zone and stuff. Uh-huh. But... The guy just needs to make a bigger impact on the team actually winning the game, and the way you do that is by storing points.
1: Right. Yeah, man, I mean, I agree relatively. I don't think it t- takes away from the talent of this. Like, this is a generational talent. In yeah, Julio he's
0: Jones. an absolute freak of a receiver. Like, but, like, he needs to figure it out because he needs to start.
1: I don't know why they just don't throw him jump balls Calvin Johnson style in the end zone because either Matt Ryan isn't good at throwing him, which could be a possibility because in week one, I remember watching – him try to throw a jump ball and he just kinda of throws it out of bounds. Julio catches it but lands out of bounds. Like you kinda I don't know why that's not something they focus on in practice or whatnot.
0: Yeah, it definitely can be a thing. And like it definitely falls on the coaching staff too, though. Like Calvin Ridley had two red zone targets last week and Julio Jones had zero. Like mm-hmm. I get Ridley was playing good, but like that's still just not acceptable at all.
1: Right. I mean, it would. you could say it's acceptable. Yeah, I guess it kind of worked because they, they ran up the scoreboard there. Yeah, I mean... I'm, not, I'm sure their offense wasn't the reason that the Falcons lost last week.
0: They definitely stored points. So, like, at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to criticize coaching staff and stuff. I think last year you could definitely criticize them because they weren't storing
1: points and Julio right, Jones wasn't yeah. storing touchdowns, but... It's been a tough transition for them losing Kyle Shanahan.
0: Yeah, and that and last night's game watching Sean McVay like if I'm an NFL team I'm just not hiring a coach over 40 years old I don't care who's out there I'm just going to find some young guy who thinks outside the box and does things differently and I'm going to take a shot on him
1: yeah let that be a lesson all you NFL teams we know you're listening do not hire old worn down recycled
0: coaches all right, but we will start getting more into the actual DraftKings play. Uh, just so everyone knows, this might be a little bit longer than normal. There's probably going to be a little bit more general football talk, but we're still going to make sure we get you guys all the plays that were on this week and we think can win you some money. But just taking a quick look back at last week for the uh, hammerhead calls me and Mike had, uh, he had Kareem Hunt, which looked really good at first when he scored two touchdowns in like the first quarter, I think it was, but then he kind of just did nothing after. Um Andy Reid's a good coach, but they need to figure something out. They need to get more involved.
1: I don't know about. I don't know if they
0: need to. Maybe well, for fantasy uh, purposes. But no, I get it. But like at some point, you have to be able to run the football. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think know. the Saints proved that. Like they tried doing the th- They won a Super Bowl, but for like a lot of years, they just tried to get it done only throwing, and then.
1: Well, the Saints had Drew Brees. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback ever. I mean he's pretty good. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not gonna <telling> lie. <laughs> but, but he is doing amazing. It's stellar. And I, oh, it's
0: insane. Like he literally just isn't making bad throws. I think he had one throw last week. I saw it hit a defender like pretty on and the guy just dropped it, which yeah. I mean that happens for every good quarterback though.
1: All right, so let me ask you this question in terms of DFS. Do you think it's kind of crucial to have a part of the Chiefs offense every week? Um it is and it isn't. Uh, I think it's
0: there's every week there's going to be someone you wish you had. The problem is I don't know how easy it is to predict who that person is on a week to week basis. As right. far as like you saw Tyree kill have the huge game, but then like Kelsey did nothing, and then like the next week Kelsey blew up, and I'm sure the Kareem Hunt like four touchdown games gonna come at some point because they're right. just gonna bang some at the goal line. So definitely think it is good thing this week you don't have to worry about it because they're not on the main slate. Which I'm kind no, I'm kind of happy about it. I don't have to make the decision to not play Patrick Mahomes for like the third week in a row. Yeah, (laughs) but uh, getting to my hammerhead call, um, I kind of took a little bit of a top out, I guess, last week, and I'm going to try to get a little bit more off the radar. I picked Mike Thomas. Oh wow, tough call, huh? Yeah, I mean,
1: like I played number um, one receiver in fantasy.
0: (laughs) I mean, the whole point of the hammerhead call, it's supposed to be like the guy to put in your lineup. Like, there's no chance this play fails.
1: Oh wait, that's a good call then.
0: Yeah, it was, but like, I mean, I
1: thought this was like, I feel like upside.
0: someone who doesn't research at all probably could have made the same call.
1: I don't know him as, um, as much about sharks as you guys do, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was one of those plays that's so good that most people didn't even care that he was highly owned because it was like, if you didn't play him, then you were just going to not do well, so. right? But enough about last week, um, our bold calls. They're both didn't really work out. Uh, I think Mike had Sutton storing more points than Marius Thomas didn't happen, but both of them kind of sucked. And then I had Zeke going for 25 points. He didn't store a touchdown. So it's hard to get there without storing a touchdown. Uh, we will start getting into this week though. Um, we have a 12 game slate, I believe on DraftKings, And yes, the do. first game is probably the game that's being the most talked about this week and that everyone's going to be loading up on players from. It's the Cincinnati Bengals at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Vegas has it at a a 53.5 total, with Atlanta only favored by 3.5. So they're thinking both teams are going to put up a lot of points
1: here. Uh, Do you think that's what's going to happen, Nick? You know, um, I'm not sure how accurate Vegas is, but I know when it comes to the Lions and Vegas has them at a high point total, it never is. Like so, I, I I've I have a tough time trusting it, but it seems like it seems like uh, the amount of talent on both of these teams' offenses. It, it's going to be hard to avoid high scoring.
0: Yeah, and I think a common theme you're going to see with the Atlanta Falcons this year is pretty much any game that they're playing. Uh, it doesn't really matter who they play; they're going to project the total for being high because the team's just storing so many points, and their defense is just destroyed by injuries currently. Uh huh. But uh. As far as who I actually like from this game, it's one of those weird games where like everyone's gonna be stacked in this game up playing multiple players on both teams, and I honestly don't think there's very many bad plays in the game. Right, they all Um, seem
1: pretty safe.
0: Yeah, like Andy Dalton is just really, really cheap this week, and for how he's been playing, uh, he's gonna be a strong play. Uh, Giovanni Bernard's a really good play because Atlanta's defense is giving up—they've given up 14 or more receptions. I think the running backs last two weeks. Uh-huh. Which, on draft chains, when you're getting full point PPR, like if you're giving up that many receptions to running backs who are pretty cheap and good pass catchers, they're going to be really safe plays. A.J. Okay. Green, uh, probably kind of sticking away from him. Um, he's a little bit banged up. He's done a play, but at the end of the day, he really hasn't been... He had the three-touchdown game. Right. And other than that, he hasn't quite blown up yet. I get he's throwing a lot of touchdowns, but I want to see like more catches, more yards, because on a week-to-week basis, those are much more predictable.
1: Yeah, and let me let me ask you this: the three touchdown week was Mixon healthy that week?
0: It, it was week two, right? Yes. Uh, he started the game healthy. Uh-huh. He got kind of banged up throughout the game and ended up having to like come out a bunch of plays in the second half and okay, stuff. So you. he started the game healthy, but he was only healthy for about half of it.
1: Yeah, uh, so my, what I was going to try to correlate to that would be if mixon's on the field, you got to watch him more than you do Giovanni Bernard, and so it, it leaves a j green like like a half defender less on him, less focus on him, and that maybe contributed to those touchdowns
0: yeah, absolutely, and I do think uh the nuts I was on get to, who's probably my favorite play from this game is Tyler Boyd, who's really emerging as far as getting a ton of targets and like really producing for multiple weeks in a row here. And I think they've kind of struggled to that number two receiver for a little while. Yeah, And I think him emerging definitely could take some of the pressure off A.J. Green. And there's still sets kind of really complementing each other, too. Like, A.J. Green, he can run every route. Obviously, he's an elite receiver. But, like, I always think of A.J. Green as a guy who can really stretch the field, make those huge plays. Tyler Boyd can play outside, but where he's really been best is when they do him, like, in the slot, working over the middle, making some good
1: catches and running after so I do think they complement each other very well. Um, John Ross, obviously, Tyler Lockett-type boomer bust. You're either going to fail or you're probably going to get a long touchdown, and he's pretty cheap. It uh, looks like 3.3. I believe that's cheap. Yeah, that's 3. really 3K. cheap. That's really cheap. So, well, the, the, let me tell you this. There's something that really sticks out for me on this lineup, and it is Tyler Eifert at 3.8K. Eifert is one of the best in talent-wise tight ends in the league. He has clear injury problems. We all know that. But while he's healthy, especially against the Falcons, whose defense has been getting lit up, I'd say shoot for Tyler Eifert. I, that's probably the tight end I would choose when I, when I set my lineup.
0: Yeah, he's not a bad play at all. Um, there is some people talking about him. So I don't think he'll be popular at all, uh, especially with some other options. He's going to be pretty low-owned. Um the injury concern thing, thankfully for our purposes, unless he gets hurt in like the first quarter, we really right. don't care a whole bunch. Like even if he gets hurt in like the third quarter, if he scored a touchdown or something in the first half, like it can still be fine. Right. Uh, obviously, you don't want the,
1: the talent is like remarkable. I, I literally just picked him up in our main league today.
0: Yeah, in seasonal. Um, like I was saying though, like I don't want to spend too much time on this team because honestly, if you play like. Any of the top two receivers, any running back, quarterback, or even tight end in this game, I think they're all fine plays. I'm gonna be playing probably like 20 lineups like I did last week, and I'm probably gonna have like a bunch of different combinations of all yeah. these guys, and uh, hopefully the game just shoots out.
1: Um just real quick on the Falcons, Freeman's out, right?
0: Yes, Freeman is out. Um Tevin Coleman is probably actually my one of my least favorite plays out of those. I know a lot of people are on him. He They have not been able to run the ball inside very well, okay. and Matt Ryan's just been playing at such a high level that they just really seem to be throwing the ball outside. I mean, if Matt Ryan gets in a game where he starts struggling, maybe he starts checking it down a little bit more, mm-hmm. but until things change right now, I love Matt Ryan. I've played him in my cash lineup two weeks in a row, not quite there as far as building my lineup for this week, but he's definitely in talks for a third week in a row, because DraftKings just refuses to increase his price very much for some reason, right? And then uh, my favorite Falcons players, other than him, would probably be Calvin Ridley and Austin Hooper. Actually, Uh, Hooper hasn't really done a whole lot, but he's twenty nine hundred. He's like basically free on DraftKings, so he lets you get a lot of other players. And he has been getting like four or five targets a game. Like, I don't think it's unrealistic to think at some point here he might have a big game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't really know much to say. I just, I always go back, fall back on start the players that are the most talented. And Julio, I, I, I mean, they're, they're, I would start Julio. He's probably cheaper than he's going to be for the rest of the season. Assuming yeah, I was the big game's coming. I was
0: actually waiting until the end here. I don't think you should play him in any cash game formats because I think there's safer players at his price. Yeah. However. If there's ever a time to get on a player, and Nick, you probably don't know this, everyone played Julio Jones last week. Oh, really? He was, like, really underpriced. Like, literally everyone was playing Julio Jones last week. Uh Uh-huh. And what did he do out there and do? He lit a bunch of people down. I mean, he didn't have a horrible game, but he didn't have that game that you need to, like, really win something. Right. And the best best time to play superstar players is when they're in good matchups coming off a game where they just burned everyone because all those players play every week, and they're going to be hesitant to pull the trigger on them. And, I mean, he's the guy who can do for 200 receiving
1: yards literally any week. Everyone chases points probably just like everyone avoids no points. You know? Exactly. Like You want those guys who you
0: do believe in who are
1: coming off bad performances
0: because mm-hmm. there's no reason you should stop believing in a player you know, off
1: one team. I'm going to say you probably shouldn't play Calvin Ridley. He is a rookie. He scored a, a huge amount of points last week, and it's probably going to be hard for him to repeat this, and there's going to be a lot of people playing him.
0: Here's the reason I still like Calvin Ridley. Uh, obviously, he's not going to do what he did last week. There's right. no chance. But even the week before, when no one really got on him, he actually did well enough that he'd be worth it at this price. Mm. So I think it's reasonable to say like he definitely could score a touchdown, and like I, he could get like six touches for sixty yards.
1: Right, but don't you think, uh, well, I guess it depends if you're, like, I always, I always think of this as trying to get the big money game, and you're thinking of it in the cash game.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to do a little bit of both. I think Julio Jones is the better play for big tournaments. Yeah. I think Calvin Ridley, just because he's so cheap and there's some high-priced running backs that I really like this week, I think he made sense because he lets you get some of those running backs.
1: All right, well, let's move on to the next game.
0: Yeah, uh, and these Nets couple of games, uh, well, there's a couple of good ones, but... Nick, since you're not here, me and Mike, we'll mention if we light some dice off some of the less exciting games, but okay. we don't waste too much time on those because we know Got you. we don't think the plays are there, really. Uh, this Nets one, though, I'm kind of interested in your opinion on it. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Chicago Bears. Uh, only a 46.5 total, which isn't bad, but it's not a huge shootout projected, and the Bears are favored by a field goal. What do you think's going to happen in this game?
1: I would project low scoring. Um, there's probably going to be like one player on each team that will do good, but I would try to avoid this game at all costs other than, like I was mentioning to you before we recorded, O.J. Howard has been growing and growing as the weeks go, and he was drafted in the first round as a generational talent at tight end. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick going to have to get the ball out quick with uh, Mac, and you know one of the safety blankets is the tight end for quarterbacks when they have to. Stay consistent because they're always covered by a linebacker and it's at worst a 50-50 ball.
0: Yeah, made sense. And he does seem like he's liked Jordan Howard or not Jordan Howard, uh OJ Howard, because they have been getting him a lot more involved than they did last year. Um the reason I was asked to you is I actually like the Bears defense a lot in this game. Ah,
1: didn't think about defenses, uh, to be honest. They're, they're not on this 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 uh thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're not on there, but they're only twenty six hundred. Okay. So, like, to give you perspective, they're, like, one of the cheaper defenses this week. Yeah. I think they've scored, like, 12 or more fantasy points, like, every game this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's definitely a guy who could throw four interceptions literally any week.
1: Right. He can throw four interceptions and 400 yards, and it wouldn't be that big of a shocker.
0: Yeah, but, like, the thing is, is like, I don't care if he throws 400 yards. Like, obviously, I don't want Bears to, like, 30 points stored on them, but I think they're, like... The upside they have for the amount of interceptions and sacks they could get in this game is like absolutely insanely high. Are the Bears home? Yes. Yeah, I would say that's a good call.
1: Um, I could
0: um, see Mack getting three sacks and Fitzpatrick right. throwing like four interceptions.
1: I've seen more Bears games than I care to this year, and Khalil Mack looks like someone every team should have tried to trade for, and. Uh, yeah, he's going to wreak havoc on Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you see how Ryan Fitzpatrick does last week under pressure. Exactly.
0: Like, and so I'm pretty confident I am going to be playing the Bears in my cash team lineup just because they're so cheap. Um, I am looking outside the running back position to save money this week. And I think they have a chance to be like the highest scoring defense, which is obviously kind of hard to project. But you can project sacks and interceptions,
1: and I think there's going to be a lot of those there. Yeah. Um, that being said... Honestly, either defense for me. Like, even the Bucks defense, I think... I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky, and I am biased, but I think he is a—he's like a a really bad version of Alex Smith to me.
0: Yeah, I don't like him either. The only reason I would say maybe not the Bucks defense is because I just—I I don't see the Bucks prices—they're cheaper than the Bears. I don't even actually know where they're at. I could pull it up here real quick, but in the meantime, like I just think the Bears are going to be fairly conservative play calling because they just yeah. always seem to be. Like maybe there's not as many chances for interceptions and things of that nature. Um, that's the, another reason why I love the defense in the like I have no doubt they're just going to be throwing it all over the place, and those are your plays that give you chances to get defensive touchdowns, things of that nature. Right. Uh, if you wanted to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Nick, I think they are they are
1: 2.4. They're barely cheaper. Okay. So yeah, I would say don't go wrong with either defense. Definitely lean towards the bear, but if you need to save some money, you know, get get, get that Buck defense. Don't don't uh, don't hate on the Bucks defense. You know they got Gerald McCoy, they got JPP. You know, who knows about defenses really anymore with the new hitting the quarterback? Race. Yeah,
0: it's really messing things up. But Bears are my choice this week. As far as position players from this game, I'm not going to play anyone on the Bucs. If I thought the Bucs were going to do really well, then I probably wouldn't be so interested in the Bears' defense.
1: I mean, I would play O.J. Howard. That would be who I would play.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Because even if, I mean, a defense can do good and having a player store a touchdown or two still. um, I do actually kind of like Trey Burton. I'm probably not going to play him. But the only reason I do say I like him is he's obviously really talented, even though he hasn't really done much this year. Mm-hmm. But Tampa Bay currently ranks dead last in the NFL uh, as far as giving up fantasy points to tight ends. Oh, oh sorry, okay. they're second to last. Steelers are dead last, but they're just giving up a ton of points to tight ends. So maybe if if Trey Burton's gonna have the breakout performance, like maybe this is it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like to play tight t- tight ends, or I like the. Concept of playing tight ends against teams with good defensive lines and the Bucks definitely have a good defensive line.
0: All right. So we'll move on from there. Uh next game we have is the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts with a 47 total. And the Colts are favored by a point and a half at home. This game's interesting because all I've heard is obviously I listened around to a lot of different places in the industry, try to get an idea of like uh-huh. who I think is to be popular and stuff. And every single person thinks this is like the sneaky shootout game. But it's like I've heard so many people say it that I don't think it's sneaky. I think a lot of people are actually going to be targeting this game. Okay. Just because everyone in the industry listens to everyone. And it's just one of those things where like throughout the week, I just feel like it's built more and more
1: momentum that people are just all over the Texans side. Right. So I listen to two, two hours of fantasy football podcasts every single day. Um, but I do tend to zone out when they're not talking about players on my main fantasy team. And this year I have no Colts and no Texans, so I'm very underinformed in terms of this matchup. But so, I will tell you Let me ask you this then. Okay. Has
0: Deshaun Watson been good this year? Fantasy wise? I would say he's been in the middle. All right, this is the weird thing. Like he hasn't been good as far as actual play, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And he did really bad the first week, but he had 27 fantasy points last week on draft chains, and then he had 29 week, uh, last week. Really? So it's two weeks in a row he scored 27 and 29 points, but no one's noticing it because like the play isn't very good. He holds on to the ball too long. He gets sacked, but like he's just mm. hitting like, a solid amount of rushing yards, and he's getting a lot of throwing yards. His touchdowns actually aren't even that high. So, like, it's reasonable to think that, like, if the touchdowns start increasing, like, he could be doing even better than that. Yeah. Um, I will say this. The Colts' defense
1: has kind of been, like, sneaky, not that bad this year. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I, I I would not even consider starting them against the Texans.
0: Oh, I'm definitely not starting them. I'm just saying more of, like, a reason to maybe have some caution. But I think that it's, yeah, I have them linked as the uh, 11th best defense as far as how many fantasy points they're giving up. So, they're really not giving up too many. To That's just totaling all the positions. Uh-huh. That being said, I do like Deshaun Watson. I like Hopkins and I like Fuller. Um, it's on the turf, which I don't remember the exact numbers, but I saw some numbers on Will Fuller when he plays on turf, and they're absolutely insane. He stores a touchdown like literally every single game he plays on turf. Oh, wow. That's a, <laughs>
1: that's a pretty good
0: percentage then. <laughs> I mean, it's not every game, but it's like enough that it's like it's a pretty good chance Will Fuller stole a touchdown. Uh, the only thing I will say, and I was lifting this a little bit, is apparently the Colts the big reason why their defense hasn't been in torch this year is they've been using a lot of two safety looks and giving help over the top. Yeah, which obviously is really bad for the type of player Will Fuller is running down the field, making the long plays. Right, which does lead me to why I like DeAndre Hopkins the most out of the receivers this year or this week because he's more of the guy he can run every route there is, work over the middle. Mm-hmm just he's the guy could get 14 touches and just eat him alive over the middle. And he's
1: due to be honest.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't think he's going to be crazy popular this week. Cause he hasn't blown up. There's some other receivers that are like around the same price that are in huge mm-hmm. games. So I definitely like. uh, I don't know if I like Watson, uh, Hopkins and Fuller for cash games, but I think that's a great way to go in GPPs. Uh, I personally, I'm not going to play Lamar Miller this entire year. I don't care who he plays.
1: Yeah, well Lamar Miller's not good, so I'm just not playing him. I don't care if he was like $3,000, then maybe <laughs> I'd consider it, but um I I would say I I like Hopkins on uh, the Texans side. I would not be opposed to start, starting Deshaun Watson. Everyone else, I would say fade and everyone on I say fade everyone on the Colts. And if you're looking for upside, don't play Eric Abron because he is not good and he might catch a random touchdown, but I I He
0: is not a good player. All right, Nick. I know you don't look into this a ton. Eric Ebron was the most popular tight end last week with Jet Doyle out. did he score s- like a zero? I think he had like eight or nine points. But he's so cheap, and he did get 11 targets in that game. He did drop two touchdowns, but he got 11 targets. <laughs> and from what I've seen, uh, I can double check right here to see if he's still projected. But I think he's projected to be the highest
1: owned tight end again this week because of the price.
0: He is. Him and Rob Gronkowski are tied at
1: 15% ownership projected. Nope, not for me. You guys can take him if you want, but he is, he's never been a reliable fantasy tight end. The only reason he was owned that much is because he caught two touchdowns in the first two weeks. Yeah. And you, you saw him drop two touchdowns. If you don't think that's going to make Andrew Luck and his noodle arm a little worried, then come on. And also, think about Andrew Luck. They brought in Jacoby Brissett to throw a 50-yard Hail Mary. He is not healthy, and he he cannot throw the ball like he used to. So, fade, fi- fade the Colts. My fear is that he is healthy, and he's just not
0: capable of doing what he used to.
1: Right. And if you can't throw a fifty yard pass, it's one
0: thing if he's still hurt. It's another thing if he's not hurt and he just can't do it anymore. Like that doesn't just get fixed.
1: Eric, how does it feel that you can probably throw a ball farther than Andrew Luck? I don't know about it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I
0: have thrown a ball that far in my life, but right. I mean, it's just yeah. I'm not. I'm not playing Andrew Luck. Um I have T-buy in seasonal, which is kind of being irritating because he actually hasn't been that bad, but like Andrew Luck can't throw the ball deep, so Mm -hmm. it's kind of stopping him from blowing up. Right. Um, I'm not interested in him at all. I think Eric Ebron's a okay play in cash. He's actually probably a good play because of the price and how many targets he's probably going to get, but I do think there's other tight ends who are just better to play this week, so I probably won't be playing them. Agreed. Let's move on. This Nets game. This one's really exciting, guys. We got the New York Jets at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Vegas is only projecting 38.5 points, which is really low. And it's even worse when you figure out Jacksonville is favored by 7.5 points. So they only think the Jets are going to score 15
1: points in this. Do you think they score more or less, Nick? Um, I'd say 15 is right on the mark. But if I had to bet on it, I would say... They're gonna score more because it's at the NFL and it's 2018 where teams are scoring the shit out of the scoreboard.
0: If yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely, I'm not gonna waste any time on the Jets. I'm not gonna play anyone on their team. Uh, Quincy Enunwa has actually been like kind of good this year, and he's pretty yeah. cheap. But like this week, there's just better players in better situations, like about the same price. And
1: they are playing. I mean, maybe not the best fantasy defense, but one the of the best, best defense in the league. Yeah. I don't. I can't think of a better defense than Jacksonville, and you know the reason why um, I think the Jets are going to probably score more points than fourteen or fifteen or whatever it is. It's because I'm kind of betting that the Jets' defense is going to get a, a score. So I would say if you
0: think they're going to get a score, then I would say they definitely go over fifteen. Yeah, because that I, means all you need on of the offense is literally one
1: touchdown and one field goal. You look. You look at how Blake Bortles played against uh, the Titans last week, and they only what put, put up six points. It was something really low. I'm is not Is Fournette sure. playing?
0: He is. I just found out today. Or I think expected to play is what they're saying right
1: now. Okay. Well, that does change things. It does a bit of a wild card into it. But, I mean, just because Blake Bortles lit up the Patriots, who could have a very, very terrible defense, yeah, um, it doesn't mean that they're any good. And the Jets, seeing what they did to the Lions, if you somehow relate that to Patriots, Lions, Jets, I think Blake Bortles has a good chance he's going to, turn the ball over if they let him throw it. Leonard Fournette playing does turn me off a bit, but I say if I'm going to start someone on the Jets, it's going to be their defense.
0: Yeah, Leonard Fournette playing makes me have no interest in anyone because I'm don't. i not playing Fournette until he actually like shows me what he can do at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth the risk of just hoping
1: he's healthy and it all works out. You don't want another Dalvin Cook situation like last night. Exactly.
0: And because Fournette's playing, it makes me have zero interest in Blake Bortles or any of the receivers.
1: Well, you should never have interest in Blake Bortles, but...
0: <laughs> I mean, sometimes, maybe not like regular fantasy, but he does get so cheap sometimes in draftings where it's like he is worth it. Because he does have the ability to get like some rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, so he can yeah. get there. But like whenever Leonard Fournette plays, I just don't play anyone on Jacksonville.
1: All right, so that's all we got to say about this, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, their defense is fine if you want. They're really expensive, though, and I just don't play expensive defenses ever.
1: It's nice to have them in seasonal. I don't have to worry about it. That
0: is true. Um, so moving on to Nuts Dame, this is kind of another weird scenario. Uh, we got the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots with a 48 total, and the Patriots are favored by six and a half at home, wow. despite Miami being 3-0, and and the Patriots are
1: 1-2, Yep, I believe. Shows you the name there. And what it can do for you, Vegas-wise. Because Vegas is based on the amount of money put yeah, each like each
0: side. Yeah, that's an important thing to remember about Vegas. They're not exactly projecting the exact total amount of points they think are going to be stored. They're projecting right. the total that they think they can generate enough bets on each side of it that they'll make money.
1: Right, yeah. Vegas is evil.
0: <laughs> you should they're know. really good at what they do because <laughs> they're still doing it and they've been around forever. So. What do you think is going to happen? you think the Patriots bounce back here, or do you think they're to stumble and fall three games behind the Dolphins without the tiebreaker in the division? I
1: think the Patriots win by a landslide here. I was going to say, is it crazy to say in week four this is a must win? Um, for the Patriots, yes, that's crazy to say.
0: Um, They'd be three games back in the division, and Miami would have the first game tiebreaker.
1: Over. I mean, if Miami had a quarterback, I trusted in the slightest – um, I think Ryan Tannehill is one of the worst in the league, but to He's be fair, doing okay. I haven't seen a single Miami game this year, and I don't own any Dolphins, Yeah, I'll- so I, like, you, you always pay more attention to the teams you own in your big leagues, and I'm sure you pay attention to everything, because you do have Red Zone, and you do this podcast where you're forced to, but I am not. So. Yeah, I don't look
0: at everyone. Um, Tannehill is sometimes interesting, just because he does dit rushing yards, which is uh-huh. always really good in fantasy football, anywhere you play. And I did hear a crazy stat. I think uh, with their current coach, he's like ten and one as a starter, which is I have to look that up. What I heard it on a very credible source, so I'm pretty sure it's real. Adam Gase
1: is ten and one with Tannehill as a starter. When
0: Tannehill starts, they're like ten and one.
1: Okay, well, ten and two after this week, which is like
0: I don't even believe it, even though I know it's a true stat. It might (laughs) be nine and one. It's one of those two.
1: It's ridiculous. So regardless, I mean, who has been even producing on the Dolphins? Hasn't it been kind of random?
0: Yeah, Kenny Stills blew up, like, the first week. I actually like Kenny Stills as, like, a tournament play sometimes because he has the potential to get, like, 150 yards and two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. But, like, he's expensive enough that, like, there's just no way I'm going to play him. Yeah. So, hopefully he has a few bad weeks in a row and his price drops, and that's when I'll get him when he's really cheap. But I have no interest in anyone on the Dolphins. Frank Gore just never gets hurt and just never goes away, it seems. So, until then, I don't know what to think about Drake.
1: I, uh... Honestly, I don't think Frank Gore is a terrible play for big money leagues like like where you're trying to win like the jackpot because no one's gonna play him. And the Patriots, if you watch them against the Lions, they suck at the run. And I I would not be surprised if Frank Gore got two touchdowns in this game.
0: Yeah, but the only problem that Frank Gore does have is in those type of contests. Like you need the guy that gets two touchdowns in like 180 yards. And I just, like, Frank Gore definitely could score multiple touchdowns. I just Mm -hmm. don't see any way he even goes, like, over 100 yards of offense is the problem.
1: The thing is, the Patriots could just miss him, and he could do that on one. Well, I don't know
0: if Frank Gore running all the way, man. (laughs) (laughs) I think he didn't ran
1: down. But who knows? He just, Uh, father time, he's won. It's more interesting on the Patriots side, because you do have Gronk, the consistent number one tight end every week. Um, who's been struggling of late, and you got Sonny Michelle who's been struggling, but should get a big workload. And I'm not sure are the are the tight or the Dolphins fare against the run, but I like the idea of buying Sony Michelle in season long, and I'm not opposed to starting him this week.
0: Yeah, I got a trade offer from uh, our friend Brian Arnaldi for Sony Michelle and one of our leads, and he offered me Corey Davis and Bilal Powell, and I just laughed at him and told him no. Is it a dynasty? No.
1: Okay, well then... Sindel season. Yeah,
0: say no. <laughs> um, Miami's pretty bad against running backs. They're... I to about 10th. I don't feel like counting all the names. But they're giving up 21 points a game fantasy to running backs. Sonny Michelle, I think, could possibly get 20 touches in this game. Mm-hmm. And he's only 4,500, which, spin you up, is insanely cheap for a running back that could get possibly 20 touches. He's just so cheap and then get so many touches against a bad defense that... He's definitely in consideration for my cash lineups this week. I think he could have. Maybe this is the Sonny Michelle breakout party that we've been waiting for.
1: Yeah, I like the idea of playing Sonny Michelle, and uh, it, especially compared to anyone else in this team. I mean, of course, I say play Gronk. Gronk's the best tight end in the league. I
0: think this could be the Gronk get right spot too. Right. I think you could see Tom Brady come out firing. Gronk scores mm-hmm. two touchdowns. I definitely could see like. There's definitely a possibility, I don't care if Miami's 3-0, the Patriots just run them off the field by three touchdowns.
1: Yeah. I say don't play Josh Gordon. 6.2K sounds like a lot for a player that hasn't really played this year and is going to be touchdown dependent. Yeah, I'm Um, not playing any receivers on their team. Avoid their receivers. You can play Tom Brady if you want, but I'm sure there's a cheaper quarterback you can get for better.
0: Yeah, uh, especially this week. Uh, He's way too expensive. Uh, just judging off how he has played. So my favorite player in this entire game is definitely Sonny Michelle. He's going to be in cash game consideration. And then Rob Gronkowski, I think, is fine to use in tournaments because he could score three touchdowns randomly. Right. But that's probably my only interest. And then now, all right, so getting into the Nets game. Nick, I'm sure you have interest in this. We're both Lions fans. So we got our Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, total of 44, and Dallas is favored by three points. What do you think about
1: that? Well, um, I don't hate it. I, I, I said it uh, to Melissa on the Split Six podcast uh, a couple days ago that Dallas was probably going to be favored by two or three points, is my guess.
0: Three points is like typically what the home team gets like automatically. Mm. So like if Dallas is favored by three at home, it pretty
1: much means that they think these teams are basically equal. Right. I mean, on paper, the Lions are a much better team than Dallas, I believe. And Sean Lee is out on, on Dallas' defense. Sean Lee out is
0: huge. Because I don't know if, if anyone who's been watching Dallas this year, their defense is kind of like sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like especially the first few weeks. Like they don't have a bunch of huge name players or like I don't know why. Right. They're just not like thought about as being a good defense. But like when they're healthy, which is the T, they're actually a pretty solid defense. But Sean Lee being out is everything for them.
1: So watching, I watched the only Dallas game I've seen was – dallas against new york giants and the giants couldn't do anything on offense they all, they would so do was just, all they would do was j- jump back and dump it off to saquon barkley and thankfully ppr exists and that's why how saquon barkley made his money that week but otherwise he wasn't going to um but for this game it feels like the lions should win and It feels like the Lions should win kind of handily, especially with how their defense played last week and with Patricia's pedigree of getting better and better as the season goes on. And against a quarterback who is Dak Prescott, which is like the opposite of Tom Brady, as in terrible.
0: (laughs) I do think uh, the Lions are going to win. However, I do think this game will be close the whole time, which is good because... Ezekiel Elliott on the Cowboys is probably one of my favorite plays oh, of are the you gonna entire
1: repeat, week. Re- repeat your uh, big hammerhead bet, or was that wait, that was a call? Yeah, then. it was <laughs> my
0: my call was that Zeke was gonna store twenty five points. That was my bold call last week. Yeah. I will say it now. Uh he's now my hammerhead call this week. Last week I thought there was a chance he could do it. Yeah. This week I'm like absolutely hundred percent positive Zeke Elliott's going to score twenty fantasy points on draft chains and at only seven and a half thousand 20 points makes him a good play.
1: Honestly, if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't do good this week, then Dallas has got issues. Yeah, I'd or, be really or,
0: concerned. I mean, grand, yards per carry is a very flawed stat. Like, mm-hmm. There's so many things that go into it. However, when I see it, the Lions are giving up 6.3 yards per carry. Like, it's flawed unless it's extreme. In my opinion, yeah. When it's that extreme, like we're and especially after the preseason, watching how much teams are running us, like we're just not very good against the run right now, and I think that's gonna continue.
1: No. Yeah, I I agree. Um, the Lions' their defense is it's weird because we're number one against the pass, but worst against the run, um, <laughs> which makes me wonder if if uh, Bob Quinn had this foresight into these. Uh, quarterback rule where you can't really hit them anymore, so we might as well be. Good. You can't, you can't get a flag for roughing the passer if you can't get to the passer. That's very true. <laughs> um, but in terms of DFS, Ezekiel Elliott, everyone should play him. He's probably going to be highly owned. Do you th- or maybe not because he hasn't been doing I as good as Elliott?
0: I think he should be highly owned. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's not projected that high. he's projected to be like the eighth highest owned running back. I'm going to
1: play a ton of Ezekiel Elliott across a lot of my lineups this week. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think Elliott is the only one on the Cowboys I want to own. Yeah, I don't want anyone else, but, but also, all their other players suck. That should be the, that way pretty much every single week.
0: Yeah, I don't. I completely agree. Like I'm going to probably play Elliott when he's
1: in really good matchups, and other than that, I'm just not going to play the Cowboys. So, Sean Lee, the middle linebacker for the Cowboys, you could say covers the middle of the field. Uh, i think a strong play this week then is golden Tate golden Tate c- doing c- his classic crossing routes he's gonna get a lot of those and still get his standard work too uh i think golden Tate is a strong play for uh 6.6 6, it looks like i don't know if that I, th- I think that's a value i don't really know it's
0: not like a value but it's also not expensive it's just a safe kind of like, play yeah
1: if you're in like those 50 50 leagues i would strongly consider uh starting golden Tate he's probably not he hasn't got the boom potential that Uh, Kenny Galladay or Martin Jones but he he is the cheapest oh no he's not the cheapest Kenny Kenny Galladay is
0: who do you think the best receiver in the Lions is (sighs) I don't think it's
1: Golden Tate Uh, um well I mean depends Golden Tate there's no one better in the league at doing what he does but in terms of pure receiver I think it's Kenny Galladay like
0: I already think Kenny Galladay should be the number one wide receiver on the Lions I
1: think in like two or three years Kenny Galladay is going to be a top 10 fantasy option yeah, I think he's, he's gonna good. make
0: multiple Pro Bowls. He's gonna be like a high-end wide receiver draft in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. I think it's all coming. Hey, I've watched, I've watched every game this year. Obviously, being a Lions fan, and every single game, I always walked away thinking that Kenny Galladay is like already a stud. Like Bob, I think he's
1: really good. The Lions' best draft pick in years because he was coming out of the third round of a no-name college. Like, damn.
0: This yeah, and the thing I like about him for DFS, uh, I'm probably not going to play him this week because he is a little bit more expensive than I feel comfortable paying for him.
1: And he feels like he should be random, though he hasn't been.
0: No, he's actually I actually I have him seasonal. He's stored like 14 or 15 points or more every single week. Like he's been really consistent. I think he's gotten like six catches or more every game. Uh, he has stored some touchdowns. Uh, the main reason I really don't like him though is. One, I think Dallas' defense is actually pretty good. I think they're mm-hmm. definitely good enough to prevent one player from like just blowing up on them. Right. Like we might be able to rack up some points through a bunch of guys contributing, but I don't see any one player just breaking out on him. And he is expensive enough that I mean, he needs to store at least twenty points. Like, to be a really good play. And for me to regret not playing him, he'd have to score, like, 25, 26 points, and I just don't see that level of production yet.
1: Now, I feel like a lot of people might be fading Marvin Jones. Actually, he did score a touchdown last week, but...
0: He won't be popular. Not too many people will play him. You know, I think... I think his problem is that Kenny Galladay does a lot of the same things he does, just better. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the issue of why Marvin Jones is going away a little bit.
1: See, this is is all three of their problems. Kenny Galladay does the things that Marvin Jones does. Kenny Galladay replaces Golden Tate on plays sometimes on the offense. How long do we have Marvin Jones under contract? A while still, like at least two or three more years. I really want him to go away. Well, he's sticking with us. Golden Tate's going away, which is going to suck. I think if Marvin Jones
0: goes away, you're going to see Babytron, as us Lions fans call Kenny Galladay, become Megatron. (laughs) Maybe not quite Calvin Johnson level, but he's going
1: to be a stud. Um, in terms of the running backs, uh, you're not starting Legarrette Blount. You're not starting Theo Riddick, unless you're insane. Um, but Kerryon Johnson, popular pick this week, I would bet, um, because he kind of he first Lions rusher for a hundred yards in <laughs> since 2013, which is an insane stat. He's could be prone for a big game without uh, Sean Lee there. He's going um, to be fairly popular. Uh, so
0: as far as Terrion Johnson, um the only reason I don't think he's going to be popular this week is because I think there are some really good cheap wide receivers that are better plays. I think you're going to see a lot of people saving money at the wide receiver position and spending mm. a lot of money on some of these
1: high end running backs. So, dude, that, don't you think that's the thing this year because of how much offenses are scoring through the air, running backs have become even more valuable and receivers like you can if you guess right, you just there, there are an amount out there that, like, it's not going to be that hard to guess right.
0: And last week was the perfect example that, like, Tyler Boyd and Calvin Ridley both, like, absolutely went off, and they were 3,700 on drafting. Like, they were basically free. Right. Like, you could play both of those guys and then just play, like, two super high-end running backs, and your lineup would just store a ton of points.
1: Yeah, if you would have played, like, um...
0: There was people that played Gurley. Kamara and then just use those two receivers and they probably won a million dollars like they won a lot of money I'm sure so carry Johnson I think he's fine I'm just I'm not going to end up there I, and part of me still just doesn't trust the Lions to run the ball
1: you know I think carry Johnson could have a good game but I think I just I don't trust it's not that I don't trust the Lions to run the ball I just don't trust the Lions to not use LeGarrette Blunt and Theoretic yep. obsessively when god damn it can we just get rid of LeGarrette Blunt already <laughs> I'm sick of that guy yeah. Keep him in the locker room because he wins Johnson, Super Bowls. But. Johnson
0: looked so much better than right. him last week, and they just kept doing the ball. Johnson clearly looks like the second-best rookie running back right now.
1: You know, there's Saquon. Am Not going to get better is than Is there Canada.
0: someone I'm forgetting? Or I would agree with that. If Sony, Michelle. Um, injured, didn't late start. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ronald Jones hasn't even been active. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, uh,
0: penny if there's injured. one thing that this year has kind of taught you um we all got obsessed with the rookie running backs after last year's class
1: i just picked right <laughs> and then uh, you're obsessed with one well i was obsessed with darius geist to be fair and if you look at how good Adrian peterson's been doing yeah, this just, season
0: it's not fair to uh, hold a down. style you got hurt but i mm-hmm. do think those running backs all got pushed up a little bit in fantasy because we were so fixated on the class before yeah. it yeah and i think you're kind of seeing like these guys aren't always locked, even when right. you think they might be.
1: It's like it's like last year with the receivers, because um, of the year before with like Odell and Mike Evans and and well, maybe that would may have been a couple of years before. But in Sammy Watkins and then like you had Corey Davis, John Ross, Mike Williams, and now, uh, I mean, Mike Williams is producing fantasy wise, yeah, like, but the other two are not.
0: I know we typically don't talk about seasonal here, but a quick tip for some of you to do and something I'm gonna start doing after this year. I'm literally just going to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. If everyone's obsessed to running backs, I'm just drafting receivers. If everyone's obsessed to receivers, I'm just drafting running backs and I'm just going to start doing that.
1: Dude, I'm just going to always draft running backs because there's a premium on them.
0: Yep. But let's move on. Get back to DFS a little bit more here. Uh that's Exciting why game, The everybody. people are listening. I don't think they're just listening because they love hearing my voice or anything. So we'll get to some plays. It's all me. <laughs> We got the Buffalo Bills at the Green Bay Packers, 44.5-point uh, total from Vegas. Packers are favored by 9.5 points. Um, I think they could win by a lot
1: more than that. I think the Bills had a fluke week last week. What do you think, Nick? Um, I don't want to say the Bills had a fluke week last week, but the Vikings definitely had a fluke week last Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Because that's what Kirk Cousins does to he you. He had, what, he, multiple fumbles in like the first quarter? Yeah, he fumbles and crumbles under pressure. Um, but... The the Packers are run by Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the league. Even though he's hobbled, he should light the Bills up, in my opinion. Yeah, as far as the Bills, though, unless something changes
0: dramatically, I'm just going to say don't play a player on the Bills this entire season on draft Kings, and
1: it's probably going to be a good strategy. There is one player that I would consider playing on the Bills, and that is that rookie quarterback Josh Allen because of his running ability and his... It, his honestly, it's because of his lack of weapons, where no one's going to be open, so he's just going to take off. All right, I kind of will agree with you for a moment. Absolutely, don't play any of these
0: Dyson Tash games. You're looking for safe plays there. None of these yeah, are. You, yeah, he right. is incredibly cheap. Like mm-hmm. he, I think he's might the, be the cheapest. I quarter. think he's the second cheapest. I think there's one other guy of the below. starters, right? Yeah, yeah but like he's so cheap that like he really really does not have to do much at all. Like the only guys that are priced below him are Rosen, Darnold, C.J. Beathard, and Marcus
1: Mariota, who literally is incapable of gripping a football and still starting in the NFL. And you're playing against the Packers, who you know Clay Matthews alone is afraid of hitting the quarterback, and Josh Allen's not afraid of getting hit. He's gonna go out there and ball like Cam Newton style, but without any of Cam Newton's weapons. I don't think I'd play
0: him in a tournament that has like less than a hundred thousand people. But when mm-hmm. you start getting in tournaments above that, like you need to do some wild stuff to like yeah. try to get up there really. So I think he's fine as like a like one of your lineups, like throw a dart and try to see what right. hits. Anyone
1: um, else you can't play? I mean, I don't I just LeSean, when is when is LeSean McCoy gonna be LaShawn McCoy or is it the team? Uh, sucks is this too much? Much? This, this is done.
0: I don't think you're ever gonna see a good Deshaun McCoy again.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, Aaron Rodgers is the most expensive quarterback this week. Uh, I just that's I've weird. Been, I've been paying for these like cheaper quarterbacks like Matt Ryan's and stuff mm-hmm. all all year, and it's been working because these guys are still paying up huge numbers. I'm not gonna change my philosophy to play a guy who's also hurt. So yeah, no.
1: Aaron Rodgers is overpriced by a long shot. Do not play him because he part of Aaron Rodgers game is that he's a mobile guy and he yep. ha- hasn't been. He's still a good quarterback but he's nothing
0: he's not Aaron Rodgers if he's not able to move around and right. make some plays. Running uh, the backs, running backs, we don't know. Yeah, no one knows and therefore I'm not going to play any of them even in tournaments like I just don't know. I don't think there's enough upside to make it worth even taking the chance on
1: one. I mean, if I'm going to pick one, I'm picking Aaron Jones cuz he's clearly the most talented yeah, out of them. Just
0: the on, purely on a talent perspective, mm-hmm. I agree uh Devante Adams I mean he's fine like he always just kind of does good but I I mean especially great. if you consider that the Packers are
1: not losing this game Devante Adams should score multiple touchdowns don't get me wrong. yeah someone's scoring touchdowns and is it is it who is it going to be I mean I'm looking at this chart of the top four receivers and I don't know who <laughs> who the hell is Marquez Valdez Scantley. Not exactly sure. And maybe that's on me. Maybe
0: I should research the Packers' fourth strain wide receiver a little bit more, but I'm not going to be playing him for a while. And I believe, uh, I actually heard today, Randall Cobb injured himself in practice yesterday. Oh, really? He's now questionable to play, and it sounds like it might be more of a they don't think he's going to make it type thing.
1: Well, then I think then Devonta Adams is a great play this week.
0: Devonta Adams, I definitely think the like, multiple touchdown games coming soon. I just don't know. Like, There's just other... Sp- like obviously, playing draft games, you only get so many options, and there's just guys I like more. It's not like they mm. have a problem with Devontae Adams.
1: Well, if you think about it specifically with this game, to, it, to me it looks like there's two players that are going to be catching these touchdown passes, and it's going to be Devontae Adams or Jimmy Graham, and you got to pick one.
0: Yeah, and I just don't pay up. Jimmy Graham's pretty expensive for a tight end, so I'm not going to go there. Geronimo Allison, if you're playing in like big tournaments... Mm. Is fairly interesting, just as how cheap he is. Yeah, um, he could be someone you could play to kind of get away from the Tyler Boyd's and the Ridleys that everyone's gonna be playing. Get a little different. Like, I don't think it's
1: impossible to think
0: Geronimo Allison could randomly outstore any of those guys. Yeah,
1: no, that might, might be a good a good like bet for the big for the big ones. Yeah, for the big tournaments,
0: I agree. Uh, yeah. Obviously, like cash games where you're trying to be safe, don't play them. Right. But we'll move on because I really don't have a ton of interest in that game. I don't think it's a great game to have interest in. Honestly,
1: this week, it seems like there's a lot of not great games. I
0: actually No, totally agree. Um, I will say this. For people playing on draft I think this is going to be a lower storing week than some of the ones we have been seeing. Maybe the amount of points you need to store to win some money is a little bit less because all of the best games aren't on the main slate. You had the Rams and the Vikings blow up last night. Uh you got the Steelers and oh gosh, I don't even remember who they play because I haven't looked at them all week because I knew they aren't on the same. is it the Chiefs? Yeah, or no, you have the Chiefs and the Broncos are projected oh. for 55 points. The Steelers and the Ravens are projected for 50 and a half. Uh you already had the Rams play, so a lot of the huge offenses aren't on the main slate. So that is kind of why it's a little bit uglier, and I do think scoring will be a little lower.
1: All of these games, there's one There's one good game left for fantasy-wise, but we'll get to it. All right, let's move on. Philadelphia yep. Eagles at Tennessee Titans.
0: Total's 41.5, so fairly low. Uh, Philly's favored by 3.5. Which is uh, insanely low, in my opinion. I totally agree. I think Philly is a far superior team. Um, however, that being said, I don't have a ton of interest in them. Um, yeah, I mean, Carson that's just- Wentz mobility-wise, was a little bit limited, obviously, last week. So I'm not sure if he's quite the same guy he was yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but Zach Ertz would be something that jumps out at me. Zach Ertz is the only guy
0: I would have interest in, just because there's not many tight ends that like generally have like 100-yard, two-touchdown upside, right. um, especially this week, because there's so many good, cheap plays you can kind of afford to pay up at some positions you normally wouldn't, like tight mm-hmm. end. So I definitely could see Ertz being a good play. I'm not going to play him in cash games, but tournaments, good play. Other than that, I'm not really interested
1: here, though. Okay. And then on the Titans' side of the ball, who knows what's going on with Marcus Mariota? Corey Davis is too cheap for like his talent level
0: as far as his price. But I've heard reports that Marcus Mariota literally can't grip a football. And until those that stops being the case, I'm just not playing anyone who catches
1: passes from him. Honestly, everybody on the Titans, I'm not playing a single one of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have Corey Davis in my Dynasty League, and it's been really rough. And that's why I pick first every year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like full disclosure, I'm probably not going to play a single player from this game this week on DraftKings because being that you do have limited options, sometimes you just have to pitch some games and just like, I'm not going to play anyone in this game. That's one of them.
1: If I had to pick someone to play, it'd be Philadelphia's defense. Yeah, or Ertz. If you had to pitch someone, I'd pick Ertz. Well, I mean, I like a lot of tight ends better, but defenses I don't give a shit about, and I don't know how expensive Philly is, but if Mariota cannot grip a football, then yeah, you should probably play Philly's defense, because there's a pick six looming. Yeah, I do want to mention that there's not really a
0: ton of defenses I like this week. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really, really high I under- like there's
1: a lot that it should be good.
0: There's not a lot that I feel like have the ability to like store a ton of points, if that makes any sense. So yeah, I'm really high on the Bears. I, I haven't built my lineups yet, but like, I can almost guarantee I'm
1: going to play the Bears on a lot. I do think the Packers are actually kind of playable, too. I feel like the opposite of you. I feel like there's a lot of defenses that would be good to play because there's the Bears, there's the Eagles, there's the Bills, there's the Seahawks, there's I just the, feel
0: like there's a lot of really bad offenses. The, the Browns, and then there's the, well, well, the Chargers. There's well, a lot of good well,
1: defenses. We haven't got to, to the so.
0: Browns and the Chargers. Those are the other two I do like. Okay. But. We'll get there. Next game, though, we have is the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. 39-point total, and Seattle's favored by a field goal here. Seattle's been terrible this year, Nick.
1: Yeah. Um, I They have, <laughs> and it, it, it shows how terrible they are. Um, and, you know, honestly, the thing is, I don't really know why. Um, they don't have enough weapons on offense. Uh, thankfully,
0: Dud Baldwin is supposed to be back this week from what I was reading. Mm. so that should help them a little bit. Um, the defense is just kind of, it's just not what it was. Like They're getting killed in the passing game, which is so weird to say about the Seattle Seahawks because for right. years they were so elite against it. Legion of Boom, baby. So, I mean, if you just don't have enough playmakers on offense and your defense isn't stopping the pass game, which is all the NFL is now, like you're just not going to win many football games.
1: So this is something that i i I don't think anyone can tell you to do this or not to do this. Well, first of all, let me give you a guarantee. If Doug Baldwin plays, get Brandon Marshall out of every single lineup you have. Yep. Um, but Wait. some people are going to tell you if Doug Baldwin plays to not start Tyler Lockett. And I think it helps I, Lockett. I think it helps Lockett, too. Yeah. Um, I, I say Lockett could be open up stuff for Lockett. I mean, Lockett's been consistent randomly. And it's so in season long, I have him. But I only have him because of he got paid for some reason, when he did not deserve to get paid. But no, he did. he did
0: not. But getting back a little bit to what we're looking at, I do agree with the Lockett thing. Um, Russell Wilson, as great as he is, I just don't think he has the talent around him to consistently put up the monstrous games he used to. So I'm probably not going to have much interest there. Um, weirdly enough, my favorite Seahawks player, and I don't even like this guy that much as a player, but I kind of like him as a play this week, is Chris Carson mm-hmm. at 4,600? Uh, oh,
1: convenient. You just traded for him in season long.
0: Because I like him this week, <laughs> and I have Joe Mixon coming back next week. So, gotcha. Um, <laughs> the reason being is the Cardinals are dead last night NFL against running backs. Like, they're getting absolutely slaughtered by running backs. Like, I looked mm-hmm. back and looked at their games. Don't have it in front of me, but like, they've played against some bad running backs, and they're still getting killed by running backs. Right. And then the other thing is they gave Chris Carson 32 touches last week.
1: Wow. It's insane.
0: He had over 100 yards rushing. It was only like less than four yards of Terry, but Penny got three carries. Chris Carson got 32. So if a running back's 4,600, the team has displayed they will give him the ball 32 times, and he's going against the worst defense in the entire NFL against running backs. I don't love Chris Carson as a player, but like that amount of touches against that bad of a defense at that price, like he's worth a shot.
1: That is really bizarre. Because, especially because of the talent level Rashad Penny should have over Chris Carson It's I weird he, that they would do that He might
0: be banged up or something I mean, know he to
1: break his hand
0: It just, it doesn't make any sense, I agree But if they're going to give Carson the ball that much Against this bad
1: of defense, I'm of have interest I'm fading everyone um, I would consider Tyler Lockett If you want to go for Boomer Buzz Because I still think he, Even though he has been consistent He is not consistent Because that's just not the type of player he is He's like a Deshaun Jack- Jackson yeah, type Absolutely um, Russell Wilson, I think, is a safe start. Um, he especially against the Cardinals.
0: I would only play him in tournaments, just because I think like the Andy Dalton's and Matt Ryan's are better if you're playing cash mm-hmm. games. But like Russell Wilson, obviously has the ability to have an absolutely enormous right.
1: game. He has the ability to run with his legs, and I know he hasn't this year. But like, <laughs> how do you many really quarterba- think he's how, done running? How, how many quarterbacks do you
0: say have a legitimate, not likely, but a possibility, to a hundred rushing yards?
1: Yeah, like, like Cam Newton, Josh Allen and Russell Wilson. Yeah, I would put Josh Allen at the top because he's an idiot rookie. But. <laughs> uh, so on Cardinal side of the ball, though. All
0: right. I don't like anyone on the Cardinals. I will say this. David Johnson is priced like he's like a average running back and he's a way higher than average talent level. I get the mm-hmm. offense has been terrible. Uh, the coaching staff has showed they literally have no idea what they're doing because they just aren't using David Johnson in the slot, even though they're not able to run the ball. So I don't know why you try wouldn't try to use your best player where he could succeed.
1: Yeah, it almost feels like the Cardinals want to lose. To give you
0: some perspective, the first week of the year, David Johnson was over 8,000. Was he's now Wait, what? He what? was over $8,000 on draft Oh, week one. Oh, he's now, now, now 6. $6,600. 6. 60, like, he's just <laughs> plummeting. And, like, I can't help but feel at some point this year, he's going to have a massive David Johnson game and just be horribly underpriced.
1: I think if he does, honestly, if he doesn't have a massive David Johnson game this week, he's not going to. So, this is your last week to get him for cheap or to get him for any value, in my opinion. So, I say, if you want to be a little risky, start him. But if not, you're not starting him ever again. Yeah, it's only
0: it's only if tournaments. Th- if on he that.
1: fails with a new quarterback against the Seahawks, I don't. I, David Jazz might be a strong play, in my opinion, because I believe in the talent.
0: Yeah, but it's
1: but, purely a thing of
0: like he's too cheap for how talented of a player he is. So you're literally just betting on the
1: talent if you play him. Right, in which that uh, you know that is my philosophy. But this coaching staff, maybe it's the worst coaching staff in the world. They're a new coaching staff. They're taking over from Bruce Arians, who I considered a brilliant coach. How about John Gruden? Oh, fuck John Gruden. Um, wide receivers? No one. It, it's it's Larry, too unpredictable. Yeah. Maybe Josh Rosen's good. He was personally my highest rated quarterback coming out of the draft. Um, but that's just because of what I had heard, not because of me actually watching any of his tape.
0: I'm not going to play anyone here. I'll wait and see. Maybe he's amazing. I'll, mm. if, if I lose this week because Josh Rosen goes off, then I
1: can live with that and move on to the next week. I would say if you want to go for upside, start Christian Kirk because he is also a rookie with Josh Rosen, and there's a good chance that they have some kind of a relationship. He's
0: also really cheap. So, I mean, if that's someone you want to take a shot on in a large field tournament, uh, maybe not the worst thing because he is so cheap, he really doesn't have to do a whole lot.
1: Yeah, that would be my say. All right, let's move on.
0: This next game, uh, I'm actually weirdly kind of excited uh, to see how this game goes. Yeah, we have the, dude, the Browns. We are... got the Browns at the Raiders. Uh, Forty-five point total. In Oakland's favored by three. Nick, did you watch a game last week? The Browns yes, game. Yes, I did. Baker Mayfield looks. I mean, granted, it's literally a half a football. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to make any conclusions on players. But like, if I just ha- if like, you put it onto my head, like, had to make a decision based off what I saw, I think Baker Mayfield's gonna be a stud.
1: Uh, I agree. Baker Mayfield seems like Johnny Manziel, but with uh, like what people hoped Johnny Manziel was right. going to be. Yeah, like just with better head on his shoulders he was, and just overall more talented. Like they were showing some of the throws. Like
0: he was fitting throws in the tight windows. Like he was getting through like multiple progressions like really fast, like way faster than rookies are supposed to get through progressions. Yeah. Like Hugh Jackson should have been fired after that game. Because of just, like, how bad of a coach you had to be Dude, to not
1: start this die week one. Hugh Jackson should have been fired, like, when he only won one game. Well, yeah. And then he was retained, and then won zero games, and then he was retained. Yeah. He I, should have been fired years ago. No, totally agree. But, like, after watching Baker Mayfield play, like,
0: what could he possibly have seen in Tyrod Taylor? It's like, you know what? I'm going to give this guy the
1: start. I don't know. People... Deep some. For, some of the fantasy experts I follow were high on Tyrod Taylor, and I was like, "You're just literally high and looking at Tyrod
0: Taylor." <laughs> I mean, like he just is what he is. Like, it's not like he's not—he's the worst quarterback on earth, but he's never going to do anything no. special.
1: No, he sucks. People can say that. Oh, he's okay. He's good. No. He sucks. The only if you want to be a quarterback in this league, you got to take chances and you got to push the ball yeah. downfield. If you want to be a conservative quarterback like Alex Smith type, first of all, Alex Smith type is a rumor because Alex Smith does push the ball downfield and did last year. The in last Kansas couple State. years, he
0: has he, he, the reputation he gets is from earlier in his career. He wouldn't do it right when he sucked.
1: Yeah, but if you want to be a good quarterback, you got to be going. You, there is no such thing as a safe. Yeah, uh, game manager you quarterback. Know what, you know what that is? That's a quarterback
0: that sucks. <laughs> you know what his low interception total meant? It means he's afraid to throw the ball and he takes a sack. Right. Not yes. that he like just magically never throws it to a defender.
1: Exactly. Low interceptions equals high sacks or high one-yard rushes. By or you're a your Pro Bowl
0: quarterback. If it doesn't equal that, it probably means you're a Pro Bowl quarterback. Right, yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield's Ooh. super cheap. Raiders suck. I'm not going to go there and trash names. I have no fault with anyone who says they want to take a shot at him in a tournament. Just because I think that, like, oh Baker, oh yeah, I yeah, think he's got rushing upside. I think he could he could throw multiple touchdowns. Like, I think he could have a really big game here. I mean, he's a rookie. It's hard to trust it, but like after right. what I saw, I would not be surprised if he went out and lit the Raiders up. If
1: anyone tells you they have a strong opinion on Baker Mayfield and what he's going to do in this game, don't trust that person because we don't fucking know. He's a rookie. It's his first start. Let's talk about the things we do know, and that's Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Those are the two running backs for Cleveland. Um, The thing I noticed about Carlos Hyde touchdown every game. Touchdown every game. And more than that, just more like probably a higher percentage of touches per running back than most teams in the NFL yeah like this I mean, is not a platoon like most most backfields are this is straight up Carlos Hyde's game until he gets hurt like he eventually will
0: yeah I totally agree I think I saw he's at like 16 carries or more every week mm-hmm. um the touchdown thing's not going to continue but I'd say the close to 20 touches every week will I think Baker Mayfield playing is going to help Carlos Hyde because now yeah. that they actually can push the ball down the field it's to open up the box a little bit for him yeah uh, my favorite play in this entire game is probably David Njoku, actually. Um, I could see that. He's really cheap. He's only 3200 yep. Um He really hasn't had that breakout party yet. He caught two passes, I think it was, after uh, Baker Mayfield came in the game last week. But I think Baker Mayfield can actually push the ball down the field enough to use in it. It's a super athletic tight end. He's so cheap. And I believe in the talent enough. I think I'm gonna take shots on David Njoku this week and hope this is the coming out party.
1: Right. As long as you are willing to admit that you don't know because we don't really we haven't seen Njoku yeah, I mean, pull it this, off. We haven't seen Baker. We've seen Baker Mayfield for a half and we saw we know what Jarvis Landry is. We know he's Jarvis Landry,
0: I think the rest of the season, um Dean tied into the seasonal, I think he's yeah. going to be a low end wide receiver one.
1: Oh, I agree. I mean, especially if you're in full point PPR, then yeah. Landry might be one of the top top seven. Yeah, I think
0: receivers. he's an absolute stud moving forward. Antonio Callaway got like a ridiculous amount of targets from Baker Mayfield, yeah. so it's clear they like each other. Uh he's pretty cheap, so I think you could honestly take a shot on him. But like I said, and Joke is my favorite play. It's not a sure thing by any means, but I think there's a pretty decent chance he could succeed. And the fact is, he's so cheap that it's not going to kill you, even if he just has a decent or a below-average game. Yeah, I agree.
1: I would fade him a little. Well, I mean, he's 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 a low, low he's high-risk, high-reward. So you know, I don't I don't hate it. But let's move on. Uh, I,
0: I like a lot of Cleveland Browns. I think a lot of them are tournament plays. What a crazy world we live in now, yeah, <laughs> right? Um, getting on to Raiders. Can we just do this real quick? Fade everybody. They suck. Yeah, I'm not playing anyone on the Raiders. I actually think Cleveland's defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it's to continue being good. I actually have some interest in their defense this week. I'm not going to play anyone on the Raiders though, so we can move on.
1: Yeah, no. Um, Amari Cooper is the only one that like has the name, and you know, people, some people like Jarrett Cook, but he sucks. But Amari Cooper too inconsistent, like you, and, you, and kind of sucks. You Way could, overpriced, to be honest.
0: You could play Amari Cooper in big tournaments because he has shown like 200 receiving yard upside. Yeah, but. This when I say big tournaments, I mean if you're playing like more than twenty lineups, right? Um, So let's move on to the Nets game. Uh, Getting down here, only have two games left, and this Nets one's.
1: One of the most talked about this is, games this week. This is the most exciting game of the week, and I hope we get to watch, or I hope I get to watch it on my stolen cable. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh,
0: don't tell the cable company. Uh, Nick's been yeah, don't uh, don't just don't add free AT&T. internet. AT&T. This, Actually, do because th- I've been meaning for them to call me. This podcast <laughs> is being done on free internet yeah, so. <laughs> Right, <laughs> um, but we have the New Orleans Saints at the New York Giants, fifty-two. Which obviously anything over fifty is a total. Vegas expects a lot of points. And the Saints are three and a half point favorites. So I think it's gonna be pretty close. Yeah. Um, we'll start with the Saints. All right, this is like the easiest team ever for draftings. It's like all the productions going to Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. If mm-hmm. you like the matchup, then play those guys. If you don't like those guys, then just
1: don't play anyone on the Saints. Yeah. Um. You know, this is the last week with Alvin Kamara without Mark Ingram, right? Uh. Yes. So get Alvin Kamara in while you can if you want to afford that. Um, honestly, the Saints are another team I haven't watched, but I've seen Michael Thomas, the best scoring tight end in fantasy, or not tight end, receiver in fantasy right now. Yep. So you can probably pick him. And I, I've been hearing some of the experts I listen to talk about Cameron Meredith this yeah, week.
0: Yeah, he hasn't really been too active. Uh, from what I'm hearing, I think they're playing getting him a little bit more involved. He's so cheap that... You Definitely yeah. could take a shot on. I mean, Michael Thomas is obviously really elite and playing at like just a ridiculous level right now, but the level he is playing at is not sustainable. Like, he would yeah. destroy every single wide receiver record that was like ever made in this year, uh, this season if he keeps it up. I think he's gonna be one of the best receivers in the league. I don't think he's gonna break every record like ever made.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I agree. I think, th- I think you know what's gonna happen with the Saints. Yeah, the, and you know what's going to happen with the Giants? Like you, this that's is, why this we is like pretty these teams, forward. and that's
0: why a lot of people like this game. Is just mm. both teams have very concentrated production of a few players. I will say one last thing about the Saints and Alvin Kamara. I've actually been pretty adamant about not playing him on draft games this year. Um, he's obviously been doing good, but I don't know if you see his price neck at ninety six hundred. Yeah, he's been astronomically expensive this entire season.
1: Has like, he been worth it?
0: Like honestly, like even his last game, he scored thirty six points. I think it was, Mm -hmm. and that makes him a good play at that price. But like, even thirty six points, like it doesn't kill you if you didn't play him. I haven't played Kamara once this year, and I've cashed every week because he's just so expensive. You have to make so many sacrifices at Mm -hmm. other positions.
1: You're basically like if you're if you're not playing Kamara. I mean well if you are playing Kamara you want to you have to have him have a, an insane week.
0: Yeah, right. and the problem is they don't give him more than like 20 carries. Right. Last week he had a really high touch toll cuz he had like 14 catches. Yeah. But they're not going to give him 22, 23 carries up the middle. Mm-hmm. So all of that being said, if I was going to play Alvin tomorrow once this year, it would be this week. The reason I say that is because I think there's so many good, really cheap wide receivers that, like, I was just messing around with some lineups earlier. It's so easy to play them. Like, okay. I don't feel like you're making huge sacrifices at other positions gotcha. to fit them in there. So I think
1: uh, I'm pretty confident he will be someone in my cash game lineups this week. All right. Well, um, I, he will not be in mine because he's too expensive and he's going to fail. It's going to be one day. And I kind of like the Giants. Giants are at home. Um, Their defense is underrated. Um, But in terms of the Giants, if you want to talk about my hammerhead pick of the week, 100% stone cold lock guarantee, this is where this comes in. And it is Saquon Barkley, the young stud, best (laughs) running back in the league with the worst offensive line in the league against a defense that has given up, I think, probably a record amount of points through three weeks. I don't know if that's true, but... What is they? They almost lost to the Buccaneers. I can tell they, you from
0: a fantasy perspective, they've given up this, the only team that gives up more fantasy points than them is the Kansas State Chiefs.
1: Yeah, which is insane. So. Barkley is going to feast. So, this is what's going to happen. It's either going to be Barkley or it's going to be Odell, depending on what the Saints defense decides to stop. And if they just decide to stop Barkley, Odell is going to open up and they're going to change. And then Barkley is going to start feasting. And even if they just try, decide to focus every, all their energy on Barkley, like Dallas did, Barkley's still going to get the things because Eli Manning is not a good quarterback that can push the ball downfield that well. And he relies on his safe dump offs. All right.
0: I will say this. Eli Manning's a good tournament play this week. Only okay. tournaments, um, just because the Saints have been so bad, and his weapons are so good. Like he has multiple players that he could like throw the ball five yards, and they could take it eighty yards to the house. Yeah. So I actually do think Eli Manning's a a pretty good tournament play just as a matchup, and that's really hard for me to say because anyone who's known me for a while knows I absolutely hate Eli Manning. Yeah, I would but never play him. <laughs> sometimes in draft kings, you got to put some of that aside and. I do have some interest in tournaments. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Nick's a little biased because he's just obsessed with them. But regardless of his bias or not, Saquon Barkley is an amazing play. Uh, I'm not going to dig too far into it. The guy can catch 10 passes and go for 100 yards rushing. He's a good play. Um, Odell Beckham, same thing. Not going to dive a ton into it. Uh, Lattimore has actually not looked very good this year. He's not a reputation for being elite. He was last year. He has been burned frequently this year. So Odell Beckham's always in play, uh, especially in tournaments. And uh, Sterling Shepard's actually made crazy popular in draft teams this week, Nick. Yeah, um, you
1: think so? Oh, because uh, Ingram's
0: out? Ingram's out, which means he's going to get more targets. He's also very cheap. He has gotten seven or more targets, like two out of three games. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is everyone saw what Ridley did last week. Yeah. Being that number two receiver, a little bit um... under the radar, they think Odell Beckham can draw Probably even more attention than Julio Jones, if not just as much.
1: Here's something I don't know if you know, but in our main league, you know, Sterling Shepard was dropped and is on waivers right now.
0: I do. I've had conversations with Mike possibly involving Sterling Shepard.
1: Oh, gosh. I've been wondering, I've been debating to put a waiver claim in or not.
0: Literally the same thing. Me and Mike have the number one and two waiver in our lead. And it's been like, Oh, and I got the three. <laughs> yeah. It's literally been like, is it worth it? Yeah and I don't need wide receiver helps, and for me it's Receivers not, are too easy to come by. But anyways, go on. Yeah, but uh, Sterling Shepard's going to be super popular. I think he's a really good cash game play. I think it makes a lot of sense because the matchup's so good, Ingram being out, uh, expecting this to be a huge scoring game. I think Sterling Shepard has a very good chance of being a great play for you this week.
1: Yeah, I think you can't really go wrong with any of the big, big giant players. And this might be Maybe a little... Maybe Eli. Don't play Eli because it's Eli. He looks... Weird,
0: and this is obviously like plays like that are kind of where me and Nick do differ a little bit because Nick's more of the seasonal player. Um, being I'm a right. draftkings player, I like I have to find those kind of maybe a little off the radar plays that hopefully are gonna have the big games.
1: Right. Yeah, and I and also to be fair to you, I just I feel passionate about things more, and it's not really based in reality. So Yeah,
0: definitely <laughs> have to be calculated. Can't let the emotions get in when there's money on the line. All but right, we'll move on game. to the last game. Uh, this has been a very long podcast. We've probably talked a little bit more football in general than normal, but maybe some of you guys like that. Uh, hopefully we kind of got into the why on some of this stuff a little bit more than we normally do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys think that I'm a better co-host than Mike Carls. <laughs> if you do, please let us know on Twitter. We will replace him. I'm sure Mike <laughs> would love to hear about
0: how Nick, who <laughs> – just Plays Seasonal, pretty much, was a better draft DraftKings podcast <laughs> host than him.
1: Yes, we will see. All right, 49ers, Chargers. Eric, uh, this game seems like a lot of smelly with a lot of good. You know um,
0: what I mean. Yeah. It's a 46.5 total. The Chargers are favored by 10.5. I think that's the biggest spread on the week. So mm-hmm. Vegas thinks the Chargers are going to run the 49ers off the Honestly,
1: field. it's probably not big enough, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, not, All right, let's just do 49ers. I think the only guy... That I'm even considering is George Tittle. Oh, gosh, I'm not considering anybody. No, I'm saying, like, if I had to pick one, um, just because <sighs> yeah. he is very talented. Maybe the not so good quarterback in there goes to the tight end a little more. Uh, they actually were at college on the same team together. Hmm. But they, like, never played together because Tittle was just hurt the entire time. But, like, hey, you know, they've known each other a few
1: years. Maybe there's something there, yeah. even if they haven't played. I would be slightly interested in Matt Breda, but his price looks a little too high. It should be a 3.8. But C.J. Bethard, I believe, has been known to pass to Matt Breda. Yeah, he's, he a, he's a year.
0: he's a check down Charlie is the uh, cliche yeah. thing that you always hear. Uh, but I agree. Breda's just too expensive for me, especially a game where I think they ran off the floor. Right.
1: And then we move on to the Chargers. Everyone's um, in play? Yeah. Uh, who, do you, who do you not play, to be right, honest? I like
0: Phillip Rivers a lot. I'm not going to play him because he is one of the more expensive quarterbacks, and I don't like to play expensive quarterbacks in games I don't think are going to be close. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, in order for them to get up by a lot of points, obviously someone has to store touchdowns. Yeah. That brings Melvin Gordon firmly in the play, especially if they're. Gain a big lead, you might see more touches for him than even normal. So I think Melvin Gordon's a really strong
1: play. I think that also brings in the play Austin Eckler. He's been shown to get some some work, and he's not going to be owned a lot. So I'm always, you know me, I'm always thinking for the big money wins. I th- I don't think Austin Eckler would be a bad play for that.
0: No, totally agree. If you're looking for like a large tournament, he has the ability to catch a lot of passes on a site like DraftKings where you're getting full-point PPR. He could rack up a bunch of points, especially if it is a huge blowout. Maybe you see Gordon get a little bit of rest and get some more Eckler in there. Right. Um, as far as the receivers, I'm not going to pay up for and Allen. If I'm paying up at wide receiver, there's guys I like just as much as him in games that I think will be more competitive. Yeah. So I'm going to play them. I will say Mike Williams is really cheap. He's only 4500 I believe he stored touchdowns the last two games. No, not the game before, but I mean – his last game he had twenty two fantasy points against the Rams, which is a defense I do respect. Right. Um they have been seeming they him he got two touchdowns, right? Uh was it two? I can look right here. Is it was it? yeah, it was two touchdowns. But I mean he, he had seven targets. He said six targets another game. I don't know, I think he's the second best receiver there. Um, he's cheap enough that if he gets in the end zone for you and has like five or six touches, it could be a good play.
1: I've been uh, trying to relate him to a running back, and I, I I would call him the Isaiah Crowell of wide receivers. Touchdown dependent has for now.
0: He's still young. I mean, yeah. The difference is Crowell's been around a little bit. More. Like, like
1: Mike Williams, still developing. They're both slow, big-bodied, like good at good at like Crowell, good at plundering forward, and Mike Williams good at. Those tight end style jump balls, but he's yeah. a receiver. Um, other than that, Chargers defense, I like him. I oh, think yeah. there's
0: a chance CJ Beathard's just terrible. Chargers defense Eric, has not C.J. been CJ Beathard is terrible. Oh well, yeah, he is terrible. I <laughs> meant like chance he's really bad this specific game. Yeah, um, Chargers defense is actually kind of underperformed this year. Uh, I drafted them in some seasonal leads thinking they were going to be a strong defense. I mean, obviously Joey Bosa being not there hasn't helped. Right, but um. I think this is the week maybe the defense gets right, uh, 49ers' offense gets bad, and they put up a big number.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't have any complaints there.
0: All right, so with that being said, we're through all of the games. Hopefully got you guys some good picks for this week. Uh, The last thing we'll do, as always, even though we kind of both mentioned them
1: already, is our hammerhead play and our bold call of the week. All right, hammerhead play for me, Saquon Barkley against the Saints. Stardom if you can and if you're not a little bitch. And what's your bold call? (sighs) I guess I'll stick with what I said. OJ Howard, uh, top three tight end. Oh, all right. Yeah. I forgot you mentioned
0: that one. And then for my hammerhead plays a week, uh, going back to Zeke. uh, Hey, good thing. You can play Zeke and Barkley really easy this week. If you want to, Oh my God, do that.
1: I've tried to trade for Zeke and see. I think
0: Zeke's an absolute lock to go for like at least 20 points with 30 point upside. And then for my bold call of the week, I'm a little bit unprepared here for some reason because I just completely blanked on doing a bold call of the week.
1: Well, let's hear some off the cusp Eric bold call.
0: All right, off the cusp here, my bold call of the week to be the Chicago Bears defense scores two touchdowns. Okay, that's pretty bold. I mean, I don't know if it is against Fitzpatrick, but two touchdowns is always a bold prediction. Right. With that being said, how long are we at Nick? We're
1: ready to end whenever you are.
0: I was just trying to see how obnoxiously long we've taken on this. Oh, uh, we're
1: at one we're almost at 125. Well, We're a little over 125.
0: All right. So, sorry for the podcast on the lawn. Hopefully you guys still enjoyed it. Nick did just want to thank you for uh, helping out hopping
1: on the pod this week. Probably a little better than me talking to myself. Hope you enjoyed yourself being on. Don't mention it. Okay. I I it was actually a lot of fun and it didn't uh drag out like I thought it would. It actually went a little bit a little short. You're dragging out this conclusion is what you're doing. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right words. You know, if you listen to my podcast, you know sometimes I struggle with words. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but with that being said, everyone,
0: hope you guys win a lot of money on the DraftKings this week. If you do, send us those screenshots. Once again, it's at SWSDFS. Give us a follow and good luck to everyone.
1: Follow me at Nick Wagella on Twitter.
0: That's all I gotta say. We're out. Swimming with the shot.